The scriptures tell us that the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, and those who lived in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. Merry Christmas to all of you. I pray that the Christ child's love and light has shined in your hearts this morning, and I want to welcome you to worship as we observe the birth of our Lord. We will have some uh, coffee hour, some friendship and fellowship and some goodies after worship. We hope you'll join us. It's through these doors and through the breezeway in the garden room, a chance to offer Merry Christmas to one another as we continue to celebrate the birth of our Lord. Let us continue to prepare our hearts and minds for worship of Almighty God. Please rise and join me in the responsive call to worship. Come, holy people, redeemed of God, to follow the way prepared for you. In the highest, and peace on earth among those whom please God. Once again, the earth is surprised at a manger as the glory of God transforms the commonplace. Experience anew the wonder of God's ways. Kneel in awe before life that is fresh and new.
seated. Please join me in our responsive prayer of confession. Even as we know that our Lord Jesus came in to bring life, it is through our submitting to him and putting our trust in him that we experience the fullness of his grace and his truth. So before God and one another, let us responsively confess our sins. God in whom all hearts find welcome, we confess that we have not yet made room in our hearts for the Christ child. We find the coming birth yet another event in our crowded lives. Like the harried innkeeper who had to refuse the couple to a decent shelter, we find ourselves juggling people and obligations, torn between our compassion for the needy and the reality of what little we can do to bring comfort to all who ask of us. Like the innkeeper, we often relegate Christ to some out-of-the-way corner of our lives without really intending to. Like Bethlehem at census time, we have little room for anything we haven't planned for. God, in whom all hearts find shelter, have mercy upon us. Help us in the midst of our busy, burdened lives to welcome the one who always has time for us. Amen. Christ came not only as an infant child, but grew into a man. And then he not only taught us, but he gave his life that we might have life. The Lord's mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. I declare to all of us that in Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven. And so therefore, listen to the words from Christ. Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. May Christ's light dwell richly within you. Let us pass Christ's peace from one to another in his name. Let us rise and greet one another. Hi, good morning, Merry Christmas. Today, we turn to the familiar passage of the wise men. As a reminder, they are from a different religion, but are people of great learning and a deep understanding of God. Matthew is the only gospel that contains this special account describing their gifts, appropriate not so much for an infant, but for a savior 
whose path requires sacrifice. Let us pray. God of all peoples, we are grateful for the presence of the wise men whose gifts teach us that this young child will grow into a life of sacrifice whose love will transform us all. Amen. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The word of the Lord.
Today I'm reading the Christmas story by a former brick pastor from the late 1800s and early 1900s, Henry Van Dyke. And I actually first heard this Christmas story, well, I don't remember it, it was when I was an infant. So my mother, who saw the newsletter, I guess somebody reads the newsletter that goes out, she called me and she told me that they did the other wise men in Brazil 56 years ago as a Christmas pageant there. So there's just a wonderful tie-in in this uh, world of faith in which we find connections to each other. And also the We Three Kings song was our yearly Christmas pageant that my brothers and I had to dress up in. We entered in singing that song and I had to sing a silent night solo. So there's many things for you all to be thankful this morning, perhaps the most of which is you don't have to hear that. But this is a tremendous story that Henry Van Dyke has crafted for us to help us understand the nature of love and sacrifice that is the gift of the Christ child, even though not everyone would put that name on it. We see this act of faith and love in this story. This is edited for length, but otherwise all the words are Van Dyke's. The Other Wiseman. The Other Wiseman's name was Artaban. He was one of the Magi, and he lived in Persia. He was a man of great wealth, great learning, and great faith. With his learned companions, he had searched the scriptures as to the time that the Savior should be born. I have made ready for the journey by selling all of my possessions, and I have bought three jewels, a sapphire, a ruby, and a pearl. I intend to present them as my tribute to the king. As he watched the sky, an azure spark was born out of the darkness, rounding itself with splendor into a crimson sphere. Artaban bowed his head, it is the sign, he said. The king is coming. The swiftest of Artaban's horses had been waiting, saddled, and bridled in her stall, pawing the ground impatiently. She shared the eagerness of her master's purpose. On the tenth day, they approached the outskirts of Babylon. In a little island of desert palm trees, Artaban's horse scented difficulty and slackened her pace. Then she stood still, quivering in every muscle. Artaban dismounted. The dim starlight revealed the form of a man lying in the roadway. His skin bore the mark of a deadly fever, and the chill of death was in his lean hand as Artaban turned to go, a sigh came from the sick man's lips. Artaban felt sorry that he could not stay to minister to this dying stranger, but this was the hour to which his entire life had been directed. He could not forfeit the reward of years of study and faith to, to do a single deed of human mercy. But then, how could he leave his fellow man to die? God of truth and mercy, prayed Artaban, direct me in the path of wisdom which only thou knowest. Then he knew he could not go on. The Magi were physicians as well as astronomers. He took off his robe and he began his work of healing. After several hours, the patient regained consciousness, and Artaban gave him all that was left of his bread and his wine. He left a portion of healing herbs and instructions for his care. Though Artaban rode with the greatest haste the rest of the way, it was after dawn that he arrived at the designated meeting place. His friends, his fellow magi, were nowhere to be seen. Finally, his eyes caught a piece of parchment laid to catch his attention, and he said, 
and it, it read, we have waited till past midnight and can delay no longer. We go to find the king. Follow us across the desert. Artaban sat down in despair and covered his face with his hands. How can I cross the desert with no food and with a spent horse? I must return to Babylon, sell my sapphire and buy camels and provisions for the journey. I may never overtake my friends. Only the merciful God knows whether or not I shall lose my purpose because I tarried to show mercy. Several days later, when Artaban arrived at Bethlehem, the streets were deserted. It was rumored that Herod was sending soldiers, presumably to enforce some new tax. And the men of the city had taken their flocks into the hills beyond his reach. The door of one dwelling was open, and Artaban could hear a mother singing a lullaby to her child. He entered and introduced himself. The woman told him that it was now the third day since three wise men had appeared in Bethlehem. They had found Joseph and Mary and the young child and had laid their gifts at his feet. They had then gone as mysteriously as they had come. Joseph had taken his wife and babe that same night and secretly fled. It was whispered that they were going far away to Egypt. As Artaban listened, the baby reached up its dimpled hand and touched his cheek and smiled. His heart warmed at the touch. Then suddenly, outside there arose a wild confusion of sound. Women were shrieking. Then a desperate cry was heard. The soldiers of Herod are killing the children. Artaban went to the doorway, and a band of soldiers was hurrying down the street. His face was calm, as though he were still watching the stars. Finally, his outstretched hand revealed a giant ruby, and he said, I am waiting to give this jewel to the prudent captain who will go on his way and leave this house alone. The captain, amazed at the splendor of the gem, took it into his hand and said to his men, marched on, there are no children here. Then Artaban prayed, O oh God, Forgive my sin. I have spent for men that which was meant for God. Shall I ever be worthy to see the face of the king? But the voice of the woman, weeping for joy in the shadows behind him, said softly, Thou hast saved the life of my little one. May the Lord bless thee and keep thee and give thee peace. Artaban, still following the king, went into Egypt, seeking everywhere for traces of the little family that had fled before him. For many years, we follow Artaban in his search. He passed through countries where famine lay heavy upon the land and the poor were crying for bread. He made his dwelling in plague-stricken cities. He visited the oppressed and the afflicted in prisons. He searched the crowded slave markets. Though he found no one to worship, he found many to serve. As the years passed, he fed the hungry, clothed the naked, healed the sick, and freed the captive. Thirty-three years had now passed since Artaban began his search. His hair was as white as snow. 
and he knew that his life's end was near. But he was still desperate with hope that he would find the king. He had come for the last time to Jerusalem. It was the season of Passover and the city thronged with strangers. Artaban inquired, where were they going? And one answered, we are going to the execution on Golgotha outside the city walls. Two robbers are going to be crucified and with them another Jesus of Nazareth, a man who has done many wonderful works among the people. He claims to be the son of God and the priest and elders have said that he must die. And so Pilate sent him to the cross. How strangely these familiar words fell upon the tired heart of Artaban. They had led him for a lifetime over land and sea. And now they came to him like a message of despair. Could he be the same one for whom the star had appeared 33 long years ago? Artaban's heart beat loudly within him, and he thought, it may be that I shall yet find the king and be able to ransom him from death by giving my treasure to his enemies. But as Artaban started toward Calgary, he saw a troop of soldiers coming down the street, dragging a sobbing young woman. And as Artaban paused, she broke away from her tormentors and threw herself at his feet, her arm clasped around his knees. Have pity on me, she cried, and save me. My father was also of the Magi, but he is dead and I am to be sold to pay his debts. Artaban trembled again as the conflict arose inside of his soul. But one thing was clear. He must rescue this child from evil. And he took the pearl and he laid it in the hand of the girl and said, daughter, this is the ransom. It is the last of my treasures that I had hoped to give to the king. And while he spoke darkness of a thick sky, shuddering tremors of an earthquake rang through the ground. The houses rocked, the soldiers fled, and Artaban sank behind a protecting wall. What had he to fear? What had he to hope for? He had given the last of his tribute to the king. The quest had failed. What else mattered? The earthquake quivered beneath him. The heavy tile shaken from a roof fell and struck him and he lay breathless and pale. And then there came a still, small voice. It was like distant music through the twilight. The rescued girl leaned over and heard him say, Not so, my Lord. For when saw I thee hungered and fed thee? Or when saw thee thirsty and I gave thee drink? Or when saw I thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? Thirty-three years I have looked for thee, but I have never seen thy face nor ministered to my king. And the sweet voice came again. Verily I say unto you, as much as you have done it unto the least of these my brethren, you have done it to me.
and a calm radiance of wonder and joy lighted the face of Artaban. As one long last breath exhaled gently from his lips. His journey was ended. His treasure accepted. And the other wise men had at last found the king. Amen.
may be seated. We have come this morning to worship the newborn king, but we also come to this table that he has set before us. This is a table of thanksgiving in which we give thanks for the life and the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, which puts the birth into perspective that this is the gift of God for all the people of God. And so I invite us to come and partake of this feast. This table is not a Presbyterian table, but it is a table for all who would come before our Lord to worship and to give thanks, to taste and see that the Lord's mercy and grace and love are good. So let us come before this table with joy and thanksgiving. Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and our greatest joy to give you thanks and praise, O holy God, creator and ruler of the universe. You created light out of darkness and brought forth life on the earth. You formed us in your image and called us to love and serve you. When we were unfaithful and turned from your ways, you did not forsake us. In the fullness of time, you sent your only Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior. In him, your word, dwelling with you from all eternity, became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. And we beheld your glory, Emmanuel. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with the celestial choirs and with all the faithful of every time and place who forever sing to the glory of your name. God of majesty, and blessed is Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Born in humility, he came to rule over all. Helpless as an infant, he showed the power of your love. Poor in things of the world, he brought the wealth of your grace. Rejected by many, he welcomed all who sought him. And in his dying and rising, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. Empower us by your Spirit, O God, to be Christ's presence in the world, even as Jesus was God with us. Give us courage to speak his truth, to seek his justice, and to love with his love. 
Keep us faithful in your service until Christ comes in final victory, and we shall feast with all your saints in the joy of your eternal realm. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor are yours, almighty God, both now and forever. And so we boldly pray as one voice, together as our Lord taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. When the Lord Jesus Christ had gathered the disciples in the upper room, he told them that this would not be the very last time they would enjoy this feast together, perhaps the last time on earth, but he told them that in the heavenly kingdom to come, that they would feast with him again. But before that, there would be much sacrifice and desertion. But he gave them this gift of this feast to remember his grace. And so he took the bread and after he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, take, eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after they had eaten, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant and it is sealed in my blood, shed for the forgiveness of sins. All of you drink of it. For as often as you do eat of this food and drink of this fruit of the vine, you do proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again in power and in glory. And just as the Lord Jesus Christ set aside these common elements, so too do we set them aside for us all. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Let us pray. Lord, indeed, you are the bread of heaven, the cup of salvation, and the light of the world. Help us to be so filled with your grace that, like Artaban, we are ready to give everything up for the sake of others, that as we feed and clothe and share and love, we know that we have done it unto you as well. May we realize that we can never be worthy of this feast, and so let us go forth with thankful hearts and lives. In your name we pray, amen. seated. It is indeed the light of the world, Jesus the Christ, that gives us life. And he has charged each one of us also to be that light, to spread his grace, his peace, his hope, and his love. So go forth with that joy in your hearts and as willing servants of his message of grace. And now, Merry Christmas, as the Lord dwells richly within you, go forth and continue to celebrate the Christ child, and may his peace and his love be upon you all from this moment on and forevermore. Amen. <laughs> 